Hi, this is Chris Livingston from Contractor Growth Network. I am the Director of Sales here, and today is the first part of my eight-part series where I'm talking to you guys about sales. So, sales is not a very hard concept, but it has a lot of intricacies, and sometimes we mess it up. So today, I'm going to talk to you guys about marketing, sales, the function that they play in your business, and then I'm also going to talk to you guys about a concept of cutting out the chase. So we have all been in a situation where we are either chasing a client, we don't know if it's a yes or a no, we feel like we're, we've hit them up via voicemail, via text, and we're just trying to get a hold of them. How can we cut out that chase? I'm going to first start with the functions of sales and marketing. And here at CGN, or Contractor Growth Network, we use the analogy of golf. Now, to be candid with you, I am not a golf person. I much rather talk about it in a football analogy. So what I'll do first is I'll talk about it in the football analogy, and then I will also include the golf analogy as well. So for marketing, in a football, marketing is catching that ball from the kickoff and running it from the opposing side of the field all the way down to your side of the field, getting yourself to the 10, the 5, and at the one-yard line, that is your marketing. And sales is like crossing that plane, getting that ball into the end zone. For golf, it would be your big shot off the tee is your marketing. The better and more effective your marketing is, the closer you get to the cup. And sales is like putting it in. Now that we understand the functions of both marketing and sales, let's really think about it like this. This quote I heard pretty recently, I learned a new word with it as well, and the quote was, the aim of marketing is to make sales superfluous. Now superfluous, going to be <laughs> candid again, I had no idea what that meant, but that means unnecessary. So the aim of marketing is to make sales unnecessary. It should simply be order taking over the phone. Now, that would be absolutely amazing. If my marketing was doing that, then I would know that I've got things down packed. And it won't be that easy for everybody. But that's the goal of your marketing. That's what you're supposed to do. So when someone calls me up and says, oh, well, hey, I already know the price. And I know exactly how this process works. I know what to expect. I've looked at other people as well. Um, I know you guys' process. I know, you know why you guys are considered the best. I know what your competition says about you. I know this. I know that. I know everything. I know the functions and features of your product, of your service, of your offer. And I'm ready just to give you my credit card. Well, that's what marketing is supposed to do for you. If you have the best marketing that you could ever have, then that's what it would do for you. You're now just order taking over the phone. You're just collecting credit card numbers. In order to make sales more effective, it is super important to think about what's going on in the brain of a buyer. Now, this may sound kind of harsh, but I fall in the same category, so I'm going to say it. We buy like cowards. Okay? It's just true. We buy like cowards because we want to keep things close to our chest like a game of poker. We want to keep our motives and our true feelings close to our chest because we don't want someone to take advantage of us. We don't want someone to have leverage over us. I'll give you a personal example. Several months back when I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, 
I needed to buy a couch for my home. I knew that it was, this wasn't going to be my forever couch, so I didn't really want to spend too much money. Um, but there was an Ashley Furniture home store, and I was like, all right, well, I'll go up there and I'll, I'll, I'll buy my couch. I knew that I wanted a neutral color couch, and I was hoping to spend $1,000 or less. Uh, that was kind of my budget on that. And so I went to Ashley Furniture home store, and I walk in, and a sales associate walks up to me, and they say, can I help you with anything? And what did I say? I said, no, no, I'm just looking. Why did I say that? I knew exactly what I wanted. I knew exactly what I wanted and I knew exactly what I was willing to pay for it. But the reason why I did that was because of the fact that I didn't want to give them the leverage. I didn't want them to walk me over to a couch that was right at $1,000 when I could go myself and find a couch maybe at $500 price point. I didn't want to give them the advantage. So I walked around, walked around, walked around. And another associate saw me for after a little bit of walking around. They said, hey, we've seen you in here a little bit. You know, Can we help you with something? And then I started to, you know, to be more candid with them and say, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm honestly looking for a neutral colored couch. I'm not really sure what I want to you know, spend on it. But so once again, I wasn't even candid again. I knew exactly what I wanted to spend. I wanted to spend a thousand bucks. But yeah, I just looking for like a neutral couch around this size. Well, this guy walked around. We wasted so much time. I ended up spending around 850 bucks for a couch. But if I would have told him right away, he could have walked me to the section that I needed to see. I could have saved time. But my own cowardly tendencies and my how I've been kind of preconditioned to buy had really hurt me in this situation. I wasted the time with a sales associate. And maybe more importantly for me, I wasted my own time. What I've come to realize here in Western culture, there's really only three things we bargain on price about. We bargain on price when it comes to buying a home. We bargain on price when it comes to buying a car. And sometimes we bargain on price when it comes to our salaries. But other than that, here in Western culture, we kind of expect a price kind of is what it is. So this has kind of preconditioned us to keep certain things close to our chest, our motives, so that we don't get had on a price. And now that I understand that, I understand what my goal is, what, what I have to do to be most effective to the contractors that I work with and what I educate them on so they can also take care of their homeowners. We have to build enough honesty and enough rapport with whoever our future client is so they're willing to disclose exactly the true pain that they're experiencing. So for me, I hear all the time, contractors say, my business is doing all right. You know, we're, we're about, you know, 250K. We're about 500K. We're about 850K. And you know, and you know, we, we got leads coming in, but right now we haven't really figured it out. But now we're doing really good though. Things are going well for us. And they're not really telling me much, right? They're like selling they they telling me how well they're doing things, but well, my problem is kind of this. I don't I don't really know what I want to spend on a website or I don't really know what I want to spend on marketing. But they have an idea already. So but they're holding on to this because they don't want me to take advantage of them. They don't want me to sell them on my highest package if they told me that their budget was whatever it may be, right? And homeowners do the exact same thing. Homeowners are going to keep things close to themselves. How many times have you gone out to a homeowner's house, spoke to them, and they make it seem like, oh, they're so ready to buy. This is something that they're really interested in. They love your speech. They love your spiel. And they love everything about it. But they don't go forward with you. Why? Because they kept things to themselves. They didn't tell you that their budget was $10,000 and they had no idea that you're going to tell them it was 40k to get this job done. They didn't tell you that, hey, you know, you know, this was the reality 
And now you have to work within that reality. And if you're not a good fit, then you're not a good fit. That's just, that's just kind of is what it is. We hold those things close to ourselves. So when you build rapport with people, one, not only are they able and more willing to give you more of the truth, two, they don't exaggerate things. Because what I've noticed is I get one of two situations. Either people hold things in close to themselves and they don't really tell me the truth on stuff, or they exaggerate the problem because they're honestly just trying to keep you true. They're trying, they already have someone in their mind that they're thinking about using, or in my case, they already have a website designer or marketing person that they're already using right now, but they want to go a little above and beyond to see what you can do for them, right? They're going to over-exaggerate the issues that they have. So building that rapport is so important so you can get down to the truth that's behind it. Hey guys, if you're looking to grow your business, make sure you head over to contractorgrowthnetwork.com. Learn all about everything that we can do. Websites right now are the hot thing. Everybody is at home. Get on it because this is the new way that people are buying today. Contractorgrowthnetwork.com. We want to reduce the chase. So I kind of explained to you a little bit earlier about how we talked to you about cutting out the chase. And marketing and also in contract world, we hear about this term of the tire kicker. And we give the tire kicker this negative connotation. We say the tire kicker wastes our time. And, you know, they, they have no idea about how much time they waste. And they're just looking for the cheapest price and whatever it may be. And that's so true, right? But we also have to recognize what's our responsibility as well. We need to understand that if we don't give out the education that the homeowner or a client needs, then it's understandable that they're tire kickers. They have no idea about the price. They have no idea what the process looks like. They have no idea how this works. So they're doing their research. The same way we go to a, a car dealership and we know that, hey, we're not exactly sure what we want, but we just go and ask about this car. and We let somebody take us down the road of, oh, hey, hop in this car and take this for a drive. And you know good and darn well, you're not going to buy this car. But you just don't want to rub this person the wrong way. Or you're just kind of like, uh, you know what? Uh, you know, I really liked everything you said to me, but, but I think I'm going to move on. One thing I've done to reduce tire kickers in my own way is two things. I've cut out the chase with something I call voicemail get out. And I also ask a key question at the end of every single one of my calls to make sure that we're on the same page. Right? So I'll explain first what voicemail get out is. So I want you to think about a situation where you've had a good scenario with someone. It felt really good. You gave out an estimate. And they said, oh, you know what? I just need some time to think about it or I'm going to talk to my husband, my wife about it. Um, you know, and then they say, okay, I'll follow up with you in a couple of days. Two days go by and you call them again. They don't answer. And then you text them. They don't answer. You send, you know, you send an uh, email. They don't answer. And now you're wondering, where's, what's this person doing? You're chasing this person around. In sales, I love yeses. I absolutely love them. But I also love no's. What I hate is this gray area of me not knowing if you truly want to go forward with us or you don't. Is there honestly some clarity I could give you to help allow you to go forward to make a decision of yes or no? So what I do oftentimes is something called the voicemail get out. And I'm going to use my friend Logan as an example. I'll use his name. But this is kind of what that sounds like. So I'll call someone up. They don't answer the phone. And I'm leaving a voicemail and it sounds like this. Hey, Logan, it's Chris. I left a couple messages about the conversation we had on Thursday, and I haven't heard back from you. And I got the feeling that maybe you decide to go in a different direction. And that's okay. 
But would you be nice enough to leave me a voicemail after hours confirming that's where we are? And then I just leave it like that. That works for me probably about 40% of the time. It's not perfect, but it allows me now to get a yes or no from that person and see exactly how I worded that, right? I said, hey, hey you, this is me. I left, I left you a couple messages about you know what we talked about and I haven't heard back. I got the feeling maybe you decided to go in a different direction and that's okay. So I give them an out. It's not a big deal that you decided to go with another contractor. It's not a big deal that you decided that this is not the price point you want to pay. It's not a big deal that you don't know exactly what you want to do. Or maybe you just have life coming in the way and you just haven't gotten back to me yet. I asked them, hey, can you be nice enough to leave me a voicemail after hours? So it's not, it's not pressing. It's a situation where I'm not going to be at my computer or on my phone waiting for them to call so I can pounce on them and try to pour more down their throat as why we are the most effective people they need to go with us and whatever it may be. I'm giving them a non-threatening opportunity to let me know if it's a yes or a no. So that's what I call the voicemail get out. Additionally, if I ever have a call with someone and it was a really good call, but they tell me, hey, I got to ask somebody else or hey, I got to do this and do that. What I normally say is this, and I have a unique situation where I'm dealing with contractors, so I'll use the contractor example, but you can kind of frame it however is best for you and the homeowner. So I'll normally say, hey, John, I mean, I know this is a great conversation and thanks so much for listening to it, uh, but I got a question for you. And they'll say, okay, go for it. And I'll say, can you be candid with me and, and tell me what does it normally mean when someone says, hey, I got to think about it? And they'll say something along the lines of, oh, it's, it's a homeowner that maybe needs to get another estimate or, you know, maybe they're Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe they recognize that we're not the right fit for them. I say, okay, yeah, so that makes sense. So if I come back to you and I come out to your home or I, I have another secondary phone call with you, we've already discussed pricing, and I talk to you about everything we talked about now and everything is kind of still the same. You know, I, I show you and it makes sense to you that all these things are exactly as I described, well, what's going to happen next? Well, they're going to tell me, well, if that happens, well, then I got to go talk to my wife. Then I got to go talk to my husband. But I'm looking for a, okay, well, then I'm going to go forward with you because I'm now put it out there like, hey, if everything that I said makes sense to you and you fully understand whatever it may be, what does your next process look like? So that I can understand where I lay or where I lie in the scenario. That's so key and so important. Now at this point, I've rambled on enough, but I thank you guys so much for listening. So continue to remember that it is your responsibility as a contractor to make sure that you do effective marketing so that your sales process is way easier. Two, don't chase your clients. No one likes to chase, and I also want to let you guys know that no one likes to be chased either. And three, recognize that a tire kicker, yeah, they stink, but sometimes it's a function of what we're not doing. Making sure that the information is out there so they don't have to worry about it and calling us to get the information will save us so much time. If any of this was helpful for you at all, and you would love to hear more about what we're doing for contractors just like you, head over to our Facebook group so we can keep this conversation going. All right, thank you so much and have a great day.